Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is yet another episode of Culture Class Podcast. My name is Tongwa. Uh, my name is Nosa. Happy New Year. Hi, everyone. Boy, the January is almost over. So? Nobody's saying Happy New Year anymore. So? I'm not nobody. I'm somebody. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very sorry, much. Sorry, sa. Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's a little bit too far now. Okay. <laughs> um, ha- hope you guys have been okay. Um, so, on this episode of Culture Class Podcast, we're going to be winging it, as my able host over here said to me. Okay. <laughs> this is not a good start. Okay. Winging it. You, you, are you looking for a topic yes. to talk about? Yes. I'm looking for a topic I thought to I was to talk about the falling bush thing. Okay, we've been going back and forth about this for some time now. I thought okay. we already talked about this in the other episode. Oh so, yeah, let's talk about falling bush then. Well, you can you can wing it to another topic if you want, but no, falling yeah. bush is fine. This is this is this just goes to show how prepared we are for our recordings. So. <laughs> yeah, you guys. No should, judgment. Should no judgment. Bear with us. No judgment. Um, but yeah, so you guys might be wondering what is falling bush. No, sir, what's this folly bush? It's just straight up question, like uh, literally and debate society. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hey. this, like, is this a presidential interview? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a Can we have some context behind the whole thing? No, I'm like, you said let's talk about folly bush. So tell the people what your idea of folly bush is. Like, falling bush is, is, is like a, that's a Cameroonian slang for. That is a Cameroonian slang. For emigrating out of your country or for emigrating from your country. To where? To the abroad, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, the, to, to the abroad. To the abroad. <laughs> well, but that's the thing, though. There's a difference. Like, if someone immigrated from Cameroon to Ghana, nobody says that's they fell bush. That's not immigrating. That's no. traveling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nobody says they fell bush. But if, if someone goes from, like, you have to go, you have to cross the waters. To Canada, mm-hmm. or, um, USA, Belgium, or maybe Nigeria. Nigeria doesn't yeah. count. What do you mean? No, <laughs> living Cameroon comes to Nigeria. That's a, Nigeria does not count. That's like that's like isn't walking that in search of a better life. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know no what you pun. think our lives in Cameroon look like, but R- it respect, ain't that bad. Respect to Paul B and all of them before that, before well, they send state hey. security operatives. I know, right? To come get me. Um, but yeah, no. On a serious note, though, so the concept um of or the phenomenon, as I could call it, because a lot of people are migrating out of the country mm-hmm. um, of leaving behind your family, your life really and moving to somewhere overseas and overseas meaning somewhere anywhere in Europe, mm-hmm. America, Asia anywhere that's far enough away from Africa to consider you you know falling bush What do we call a, a person who fell bush? <laughs> a bush faller, a or? person who fell bush. <laughs> it's <laughs> called a bush faller. How you actually Nigerians this, have a this is all Cameroonian. Yeah, learning too. So this is all Cameroonian. And so Nosa said he was going to trademark um the term falling bush yeah, or bush faller. I, I think it's. it's I, I think said to him, term. every Cameroonian will crucify. You. Don't do that. Yeah, For my Cameroonian people it. listening to this podcast right now. Trust me, if, if look, he dares, if, if you have, if you look, Nigeria, we will come for you. This is not the first time. If you have a culture and you're not using it correctly, Nigerians will take that from Who's you and make say, something out of it. Who is to say we're Ga- not using it correctly? I mean, when Ghanaians fail to use Azonto properly, man, Nigerians co opted that shit. <laughs> 
And we did the best. But everybody out of it. knows that it's a Ghanaian dance. Like no Nigerian matter. can stand up and say hey, this is a Nigerian know, thing. Man. Hey, people don't know, man. I mean, we co-opted that shit and no, made it no, global. No, no. But, you, no, know. you can't you can't do that but yeah, yeah just letting y'all know so in case nosa came up with a brand called bush for last everybody should know he stole it from cameroonians it doesn't belong Me to anyone specifically it does belong right to Cameroon. Now, no automatically don't do that don't do that but anyway why are we talking about bush followers though why are we even bringing this up in the first place um well i guess uh, we're trying i mean w- both of us are people who just came over to the u.s from africa uh, like two years ago for me, like sixty something years ago for you, and you know, just I have no to comment. Examine the reasons why people tend to leave, and you know what to do when you leave, and you know uh, if people have interest in going back and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing though, I don't think immigration in that sense, because I think the world is definitely 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 becoming smaller that's a lot of definitely yeah definitely by the day because i remember when i was young like in the 90s and stuff um you know we'll have like a family function like a wedding or burial ceremony and my mom would just point me out to one guy like wow i haven't seen that guy for 12 years or 13 years it's been in I don't know Switzerland or something, and mm-hmm. and she would say she hasn't spoken to him for thirteen years because you know those days when they left, uh, the, the 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 most they could do was write letters. Mm-hmm. There was no phone call, there was no social media, there was no. So when you left, you left, and you probably just showed up in the middle of the night or something, or One for day. a family function. You know, ten years later, and everyone saw you, and you know that. But now, like, not only are more and more countries like opening up their borders people travel a lot more and even if you don't travel social media and you know digital media and media in general makes you Mm -hmm. makes it possible to experience other cultures yeah in a way that so it's it's really the world is becoming really 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 global now like you know those days if africans were to come it would take them it might take them i'm not saying will it might take them a while to get acclimatized to whatever country Mm -hmm. uh, they are in you know to learn the language to you know but you know based off of you know the media like whatever country you are going to if i land in belgium or whatever tomorrow and you know i'll have i might not know everything but i'll have a sense of because i've i've had some um you know european or belgian uh interactions interactions you know with people but you know whether that that might lead to another story if if that country is being portrayed right on media but Mm -hmm, that's a different mm -hmm. story but regardless i'm just saying the world is becoming smaller so yeah that is true but that's the question that then that that begs i don't know why i'm chewing my words now but um so that leads me to, to ask the question then why is the influx of immigrants or people immigrating out of their countries to go to the west more than those who are leaving from the west to come back to where we're from um well, I think the reason is obvious. I mean, from time... I mean, I think the first um, influx or the, the first... I don't know the history, but I would assume that the first influx of immigrants to the West were people who had to leave because, mm-hmm. you know, there were wars being fought in their country mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so they had to leave. But over time, I guess, uh, the people who left, probably the second generation, saw that, oh, um, if... I'm not finding the kind of opportunities I desire or if I'm not, you know, 
being able to create opportunities for my my children uh, in the country where I am in Africa, then it makes sense to leave, come to the West and try elsewhere where mm-hmm. the opportunity might be. And some of these countries are smart, right? You know, countries like Canada who have really opened up their borders to enable immigrants, you know, bring their expertise and develop mm-hmm. those countries. But on the flip side, like, it's, let me not say it's almost starting to be the reverse, but there's been an uptick of people leaving and actually going to Africa to, to emigrate to Africa, especially African Americans. Yes, that group of people, maybe. Yes, I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. The rest of the, the rest of the world, and by the rest of the world, I'm, I'm blanketing everybody else, and this is a gross overstatement, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, just having that in mind. The rest of the people are, there is, Truthfully, a lot of people are traveling more to Africa because they're they're curious about this. Not, not just traveling, like emigrating, like leaving everything and going there to set up like a business and to reside and to do all that. That's what I did. So besides the African-American population based in the USA specifically mm-hmm. that is doing that in, you know, bigger numbers now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I'm, and I'm pr- I, because I really don't know, I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other group of people that are doing this, you know, like um, life changing, yeah, like moving yeah, there, there, to there, Africa. There are there are a couple of uh, other races also. I mean, um, I wouldn't say specifically to Africa, but these races I consider like just like uh, uh, the Asians, for instance. Um, they, they are all over the the world. So Africa. So we also have a good number of Asians in Africa, Indians as well. Uh, who I, I guess um, in all of my time growing up in Cameroon for the longest for the, for as long as I was there I never saw one Indian. Are you kidding me? I don't I'm think there's I don't think there's any African country that doesn't have like a sizable Indian population, like really? Indian and Chinese population. Yes, Chinese maybe Indian I never saw. Really? But then again, maybe, I didn't travel maybe, to every single place yeah, in my country. Yeah, cause, so because yeah, you know most most of the time. I mean, even when I was in Ghana, like. Uh, there are a lot of Indians in Accra, so but that's understandable because Accra is like the economic capital of Ghana. But even when I was like traveling, when we we're traveling to Abidjan by road, and we stopped by, uh, where did we stop? I think we stopped at Elmina or was it Cape Coast? I think it was Cape Coast. Mm-hmm. Stopped at Cape Coast, and this is like, you know, away from Accra, like three four hours away from Accra. And, you know, there were still a sizable, and even in the northern region, when I went to the northern region, like Upper Volta, I still saw. Like some, uh, so I, I mean, guess it, it depends. Uh, it depends uh, if, because you know the people who emigrate from Asia and China and the Middle East, like Leb- Lebanon and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, they tend to be really entrepreneurial. So they might go to places where they can extract some certain mir- minerals or places that are, you know conducive for construction. In the sense that that part of the country mm-hmm. isn't really developed, or you know they just find a niche, something to, uh, you know. Some somewhere where a business can be, you know, set uh, up. Set up. So yeah. So, but it's ob- obviously, it's not as much as you know for every. That's what you know, I meant. Yeah, of course. That's exactly it's like what a I meant. Twenty to one ratio. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Because yeah. I was like, we come here in our in our numbers, and honestly, it's understandable. Okay, and and we're having this conversation now, where you know, currently the climate in the United States is the way that it is, is with the. Um, border security and immigration and the wall situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go into that because that's a whole other thing, and I don't. I just don't think that 
this is the platform for something like that. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion. Um, but I'm saying that to say people do have reasons. You know, you look at about you look at um, economic. Um, um, what's the word, term for not great? Like condition. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean not great, but that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, living standards of living, uh, opportunities. In in some African countries, I don't want to say all because of, I know there there are African countries that are thriving now. But but doesn't it or go at least to, but doesn't it go to show that there's some contradiction? And you know, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. If uh, you know, I have a Lebanese guy in my friend uh, in my class, and he his his best friend, you know, from Lebanon, his whole family is in Nigeria, and they set up, and he you know he has already been telling him that oh you need to come to you know Nigeria, you need to come to Lagos, and you know his whole family set up an industry, and we have you know tons of Lebanese companies in Lagos and he was saying that they left Lebanon to go to seek a better life in Nigeria and they did like his whole family is there his best friend's family is there so I'm like if people can come to Africa and see opportunities see what people aren't seeing like I remember one time when I traveled back home and I was like in an Uber keyword see what people aren't seeing and you know these this Asian guy in the Uber that I split Uber with from the airports like from the airport to like the main city there was just like it was like not too much of a distance but it was some distance and there was just like bush everywhere and the guy was like he can't believe like you know land so close to the airports it's so open it's and so, so open and undeveloped like yeah. this is like acres and acres of land like a one hour drive and no building in sight that kind of thing so it was like no one has ever thought of building a hotel close to the airport you know and this was like his first time in Nigeria I was Nigerian so but I didn't even like think about it so it just goes to show, like, if people think the condition, you know, arguably might not be as great as, you know, mm-hmm. other parts, but people are going to these countries and making it. So that's the that's exactly part of it. Leaving? So that's it th- exactly why are people leaving, right? Mm-hmm. I was watching a, a clip the other day, and this gentleman, I think he's a pastor of some sort, and he was talking to his congregation, and he was saying things like, you have resources, and he was saying this in reference to some specific African countries that I'm not going to name, partly because I don't remember, but also because I don't think it's necessary. Okay. But he was saying there are resources that are available in these places. The indigents don't understand how to maximize the, the potential of those resources. And mm-hmm. so outsiders who understand how things work come into the country, make write contracts that benefit them and, you yeah. know, tell you, give you like a 0.2% prof- of the profits or whatever. And then for the rest of your life, you're getting 0.2% profit Person, and the rest right. of it is going to these companies. Right. And then they do like a little bit of infrastructure and they hire a few people and and they hire those people at a discounted cost because cost of labor, but of course, is know, cheaper you know and I stuff think, like that. You know what I think sometimes, in as much as Africans are known to be really hardworking people mm-hmm. and all and all, I feel a certain percentage, not everyone, a certain percentage of people, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but maybe the ambition is not just there. And I say this because... Even when we we see, I see. A Are you talking about ambition or initiative? I'm, I'm, I'm well, if well, should I say ambition? Because coming over here to start from scratch is ambitious mm-hmm. in, the, in a sense. But why I'm saying that is, I see a percentage of immigrants who just want to live an okay life. Look, they don't want to, they don't want to have the private jets. They mm-hmm. don't want to have 
100 cars. They, they just don't, don't want to live able, paycheck to yeah, paycheck. They just want to be able to, you know, have a house that they can pay for, have a car, have a, a family, love their children, be able to eat when they want to eat, and, you know, just live a, a, a normal middle class life. Because, you know, yeah. w- when they come here, you know, they just settle and, you know, get a mortgage, get a job, live a family and live a normal life. You know, it's it, it takes an extra effort, regardless of where you are, Africa mm-hmm. or the West, to mm-hmm. go above that and say, oh, I'm aspiring to be a millionaire. Jack Bezos. Or let, let me <clears throat> use uh, immigrants. I'm aspiring to be Elon Musk. He's an immigrant. I'm aspiring to be Gary Vaynerchuk. Or I'm aspiring to be mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, Dara... Yeah. Dara, what's his name? The CEO of Uber, Kawanoloshki. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I don't know the last Yeah, name. so immigrants like that, they, they probably has to be like, an, but most people just want to be okay. So if they can get that normal standard of living back home, they wouldn't even come. Well, I, I agree 100%. Uh, and that's just a percentage, right? Some people, like, they want to get it. I agree 100%. Like, now, and, and there are other people, and I know a lot of people in this situation, who did have a middle class life and mm. who did have that level of comfort because you look at it there's a there's a there's a there's a divide um between the middle class people and then the lower class people some will even argue there's no middle class exactly so you're either like really up there or you're like really down there Mm -hmm. right in in most cases right or in you know a majority of or a good percentage of the people talking about africa yeah and we're talking about africa yes um and um in my personal case I came from a, in my opinion, a pretty, my mom had a job, my father had a job, like, we could eat when we wanted to most of the time, at least. Mm. Um, so we weren't, we weren't, like, desperate, right? But then you think about, this is my parents, they have worked hard over their lives, mm-hmm. and they've built that life for themselves. We had a house, you know, we had some, at some points we had, like, maids, and, like, you know, we lived fairly comfortable. But for me, as a young person growing up, in the climate of my country as it was at the time, and still is, arguably, mm-hmm. actually maybe even worse now, um, there wouldn't be any opportunities for me when I got out of the United University. Okay, so what, what, because what you're saying is it was better in the 60s than it is Yeah, now. exactly. And a lot, if you look so at it, a that. lot of... Mm-hmm. Look at your teeth. A lot of people. A lot yeah. of people. Um, and if you look at it, the number, the percentage of people who moved, and I might be completely wrong with this with this um, analysis, but people my father's age, not a lot of them moved overseas. At least not at the level that they are now. Now, arguably, that could be for a variety of reasons. So things are getting worse. Exactly. So mm. when I was coming up, the fear is always when I was 16, 17, 18, going to, you know, finishing high school. The, the thing is always you're going to go to university and you're going to come out of university. You won't have a job or you have to bribe your way through a bunch of things gotcha. or you end up, you know, learning a trade like tailoring or or shoe mending or whatever it is gotcha. just to make ends meet. Because gotcha. the way the society is set up, the people who have gotten to those places refuse to leave those positions for the younger generation to come and take over. Because okay. everybody is trying to hold on to that little that they have, so the young people are, are left, you know, to figure out them, figure out a way, and the way is to find a way in another place where at least you come to the United States and you can work at McDonald's for a little bit while you go to school, and mm. then when you finish, you have at least you have options. Options, you know. Gotcha. So a lot of people leave because of such such reasons, but then again, it's like you look at the flip side, and it's like, would you rather? leave and go invest your potential somewhere Wait, that, else are you saying that's why the middle class leave 
because they are no. I'm saying that's for the younger. It's for the younger. I guess the children class. of the middle class. Well, the upper class they leave because they have the means to. They just gotcha. no. Wait, let. I agree with your point, but if I could add something, I think security, um, or stability also has has something to do with that, right? Because, like you said, you know, you had a house, you had maids, uh, your parents had jobs, so you you are not like really at the bottom of the totem pole but your dad still deemed it or your parents still deemed it necessary to leave now maybe that's because uh, you know um cameroon is like under a military dictatorship right right now but even in countries where there are no military dictatorships in place like africa is a place where you can lose things like that like overnight i've seen cases friends and families where they were at the top of the top they were like government contractors or they were like entrepreneurs businessmen you know i know a case of a person who had a chain of like 16 restaurants and at the drop of a hat all he took was an election and the person who came in didn't just like him and that was and he lost his 16 restaurants lost all his businesses mm-hmm. and you know the structure the legal structure uh to you know kind of like defend yourself to en- to enforce rule of law and stuff mm-hmm. is not as va- as, as advanced, advanced yeah. as it is here so here trump can say oh i want a wall or i, I want a travel ban and the, the judicial system can say no you won't get a travel ban you know there is balance but africa whoever the leader is in most cases is the end all be all they're almost like demigods so the fact that you have everything in fact most people argue that if you are comfortable then you should be comfortable enough to plan your exits because overnight, like things can change. Like you can especially just, if you're not on the, the right people's pockets. Exactly, at the drop of a hat, you can just, you know, things can just go. That's why people like companies take well, out insurance a, before they go to Africa. But that's see, that's a that's a first class problem. Because in order for you to worry in that in that like in order for you to have that worry, you have to have the assets that you're trying to protect to lead. Like to be able to be like, you know what? Let me prepare. For example, you're saying. You know, especially when it comes to politics and things like that. People who work for the government or have, you know, significant posts within the government mm-hmm. who want to make sure that they agree with the government all the time or otherwise have a backup plan for when they don't agree with the government for fear of everything disappearing within the, you know, within a split second, mm-hmm. they will make those arrangements. And those people's kids, you know, generally are more well to do than middle class and they have more options. You see what I'm saying? But when you come to, like a comfortable, you know, we're going to be broke some days, but most days we're going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, comfortable doesn't necessarily mean that you never have any struggles. It just means that you're able to manage your struggles maybe a little bit better than maybe the lower class might be middle able class. to. Exactly, the mm-hmm. middle class. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about people like that, if your parents are have just enough for you to be able to go to a nice school, you know, but they don't have enough that they're saving this maybe a lot of money for you to like just travel to America on vacation or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be in their mind. They're going to be looking for that opportunity for you. Like, for example, in my personal case, my parents didn't travel here because they were like, oh, we just want to just go to America. No, it was more so because we were coming up. I'm the oldest. And mm-hmm. they were like, we're going to she's going to go to university. She's going to come out in the current climate. Getting a job is not going to be easy. But the opportunities, you know, as for someone as young as she is to yeah. make it overseas is a lot better than so they if did you, it for you exactly and they tell us this all the time so it's did like, your whole family move here together same year mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. so everything was planned you guys came here together that's nice yeah 
Okay. We all came together. I mean, my mom, I'm all of my siblings all together. My dad stayed back to make some arrangements, some other arrangements. But it's you know we've all always been. But they did it because they were like they're getting to a place where the country is. You know, corruption is a big deal. Like, if you go to university yeah. and get so, out... So, your, your parents, your dad especially, probably had the foresight. And your, your dad is a professor, right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. he, he's educated and he probably had the foresight to see that, oh, that, you know, best case scenario, you know, she gets a good education, she gets a comfortable life. Yeah. Know, and, you know... But where does that really end beyond that? So, he was looking for the... He was trying to give us... The best possible avenue to succeed. Oh, that's good, Dad. And the risk—he is a good dad. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the, and the risk of staying to take that chance of a best case scenario back mm-hmm. home where I'm from mm-hmm. was greater. It was a greater risk to do that than to say, you know what? Let's just move all of them over there where the opportunity is. Maybe not a hundred percent, of course, if you don't work for it, but at least it's guaranteed to some extent, to a marginally greater extent than it would be if you stay back home you see what i'm saying gotcha yeah gotcha. and then there's the the lower class who is like i need to get out of this funk that i'm in how yeah. what's the best possible way to do it's that get rich or die trying exactly like if i stay i die if i go i might die they, so, they are better yeah. exactly so 50, there's 50 <laughs> you know that. but if you look at if you flip it the other way people coming from the west are going for more like and this is for lack of a better term or maybe it is a better term luxurious reasons in my opinion, people coming from the West, like okay, for example, I'm by West, I'm oh, taking talking specifically. Yeah, I'm talking specifically, maybe coming from America or coming from Europe or somewhere, you know, those kinds of places, Canada, those kind of places. What? This is my, this is my explanation. This is my thought. Okay. okay, especially now, I feel like, like to go travel. For vacations and travel is like the it thing to do now, in and Africa, saying though, yes. Okay, so this is part of my thing. I'm going to talk about this, but this, I feel like. Travel is kind of the it thing right now that many people are doing. And because of that, people want to say, oh, I lived in Africa for six months because I did this. or And it's just cool to say that because I can afford to, like, leave back home, back home being here and go to Africa and live there for a while and I, do I this or do that. Africa, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I know we have some beautiful destinations in Africa like Zanzibar, uh, Cape Town, uh, Morocco. Ugh, Egypt, I so want to go to Morocco, places, but on the most on the regions that attract the most tourists a year, I don't know if Africa is like on top. Three. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's definitely okay. not what I'm saying. I'm talking about people. Just the general um, interest in African tourism has gotcha. gone up. Yes, has gone it, up it over has, um, over the past has, few years. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about people coming here versus people going there, of course, like you said, the percent the ratio is definitely not equal. Mm-hmm. But there is there's been that little like spike in like interest in Africa. And honestly, it bothers me a little bit. Um, the 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 thought that Africa. The general thought, at least, um, in my opinion, at the very least, that Africa is not the mo- the top on the on the tourist list because maybe it's not that pretty. I, let, let me let me Google that. Oh, top, I did yesterday. Top tourist destinations in Africa in the world. Oh, in the world. Okay, um, but like, so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because so I have to pitch something for my class. Um, a TV show or a potential talk show and I called the idea that I had yesterday was to do a show called um, 
beautiful cities in Africa where every episode would feature like a beautiful city in Africa because there are a lot of very beautiful places to visit. Agreed. Angola is one of them I saw yesterday. Okay, so top tourist destinations real quick. Uh, I'll just go through the top 10. France, number one. Obviously, no. Paris. Tour de Fer, yeah. Paris. 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 <laughs> France, Spain. Wow, that's surprising. France, Spain, United States. Barcelona China. is in Spain. Barcelona is... A, just the team alone Where attracts a lot of people. Ibiza is in Spain, right? I think so too, yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so we have France, Spain, United States, China, Italy, Mexico, United Kingdom, Turkey, Germany, and Thailand. So Thailand, I know. I'm not surprised by Thailand. Mexico is actually number six. So that's wow, we have cool. a lot of people going. That to when Mexico. is that list compiled? When was it compiled in 2017? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then top tourist destinations in Africa. Morocco, South Africa, yep. Tunisia, Egypt, I knew Morocco and South Africa. Algeria, Egypt Nigeria, is a good place too. Seven, Mozambique, Ivory Coast. Nigeria is on the list. Number seven, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, See, look at y'all. Attract one point three. Oh no! As at two thousand and sixteen, we attracted one point nine million tourist visits. Oh, that's not a bad number compared to France's eighty six point nine million. Okay, yeah. twenty seventeen. So yeah, but that's the thing. Though. part of the problem, in my opinion, is people just don't know. That Africa is that pretty. Like when you when you t- when you say it Africa, the, the the thing that comes to mind for most people is um, um safaris in Kenya and maybe South Africa, and that's it. Hey, they don't the media, know, man. The media. That's what I'm saying. That's the whole point. When I was trying to pitch this this thing yesterday, I was like, I was writing a, a one page paragraph thing for it, and I was like, the idea that Africa is just this because this image, and we talked about this in another episode of like. This, you know, poverty ridden, you know, hunger stricken place. I think that image kind of stuck with a lot of minds and it has I been passed down. No, I can't, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm saying that narrative has to change though. I need to, I need, I feel like it's my responsibility to do something that's going to change that narrative significantly. Yeah, and, and, we, and we did talk about this mm-hmm. uh, in a previous episode. And, you know, talking about that, let me even uh, bring us back home a little bit because we're talking about um, emigrating. From Africa now, you're here, right? Your whole family is here, and you just said uh, you feel some responsibility to change the narrative of Africa. So now, I want to know because Nigeria, we have one perspective. I want to know from the Cameroonian perspective: when you go, number one, how many people end up going back? Mm-hmm. How long, on the average, does it take for people to go back? Mm-hmm. And are you expected to come back? Like, if you come back with your family, welcome you. Or like, what are you doing here? And are you personally going to go back? So those are four questions. Personally, I am. I intend to go back at some point now. And this is going to answer well, the you're length. Already sixty-two. So Ugh, can you long, stop with that? No, on that? the real, on the real though. So I do intend to go back. Um, now to answer the question about are you welcomed when you do go back? And when I say are you welcome, like, will people like I? Do people, do people jeer do at you? Do people like, are you sure? Like, you're so, living cool. Like, are you sure you want to do this? See, that goes back again to the perspective of what life is supposed to start off as for people who live here. You know, for people who move here, the the perspective of, that our our counterparts back home have is that there's this you know life of luxury that we live and it's just all pretty and nice and you know. So why why would anybody that life want can to actually be better in Africa if you know what? You're oh doing. yes. Mm. Very, 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 mm. absolutely, one hundred percent, yes, for me. Why the um, IRS doesn't break down as? It's not even about the IRS. It's about <laughs> investment capital. Look, think about it. If yeah. you have a much money, if you have 
um um five thousand dollars to invest in mm. in the U.S. It goes longer way, way than, than exactly yeah. than it would do That's here, and yeah. you would you know your profits more of your profits stay in your pockets because there's less of everything else <laughs> that is down your neck. Um, but so those that but that's another story. Um so now, you going back. As when, far when are you going back? Hold on. As okay. far as people like how many people average go back? I have heard a lot of people say mm-hmm. that the plan is to go back. I can't count I mean I can count on one hand. Mm-hmm. people who have gone back of their own volition speak from your personal experience yeah right? this is also of course this is also from my personal experience mm-hmm. so um so i will say that the 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 hope is for most people come here with the intention of going back your at personal some point experience from number of people you knew that left cameroon what's the percentage of people who came back give it a when i was still there whether till now People you know were here before and have gone back or that came back while you were there. So this is this is my experience. Personally, mm-hmm. I know just maybe about two or three people who frequently go back home. I'm talking about more regularly. Back. I, don't I have I don't know anybody who has moved back. Wow, so zero percent. No, from my personal experience and yeah, I don't I know, know that many people. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, so how many as people far do you know that left Cameroon? Maybe six, seven, eight? Nine, mm. ten. Well, I mean, friends, this is my family. Anyone? These are my immediate uh, family members. Oh. A lot. It's maybe like, at least I would say at least at the very least. At least ten. Yes, ten to fifteen. So at the very out least. of those ten to fifteen people, no one has moved that back I know that you know. Of. Yes. So I don't say in communication. Like for example, gotcha. classmates from primary school. Maybe some of them came back. I don't know. Gotcha. Or you know, I don't know everybody's story. But it, the people that I have co- um, contact with, mm-hmm. that I you know in communication with, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who has moved back of their own volition. Gotcha. So that goes to show. But everybody moves when everybody goes. Way the, the the perception is always oh I'm going to come back we're just going to make a little bit life a little bit better for ourselves and mm-hmm. invest back in our home country which is a good ambition or uh, aspiration to have but I don't know how often it is that that gets realized and let me ask another question uh, for the people also come over here and I'm sorry I keep using Cameroon because mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get a different perspective from what I'm used to you have to share your perspective after so that we can have a comparison yeah sure uh, it from Cameroon. The people who come over, uh, forgive me for using this word, but how many, what's the probability of getting diluted, like forgetting your culture, giving birth to, giving birth here and uh, your children not having an identity of Africans, not, you know, keeping in touch with the African community in the diaspora and, you know, and just getting lost in the West, as we say. In my particular experience. The probability is very little okay. for that to happen, in my experience. Because all of, and, and I know this because my family members have young kids, have had young kids here, and they have all gone back home. They have all met their grandparents. They have, they are all very aware that they are Cameroonians. Mm-hmm. If, in fact, a lot of times, the people that are in my circle that I've had interactions with, when you talk to these kids when they're at home, Mm. They sound differently at home. They sound more authentically African, if that makes any sense. Mm. But then when they go to school, they have the American identity on. Mm. Gotcha. So because, our in, especially in my community, it's a big deal to know where you're from. Like it's a, my father is very adamant. He's like, you will know how to speak the dialect. Like you need to be in touch with where you're from because mm. it's important. That's who you are. You know, you're not from here. I'm, sa- I'm starting to like your father. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you're not from here. You know, you need to know where you're from and gotcha. have a relationship with the people that are your people. Um, mm. So in my experience, 
a lot of times, oh, no, no, it doesn't. You have to. A lot of kids get sent back, you know, at maybe two or three years old. They do primary school. Their developmental years, mm-hmm. they spend back home with the grandma who will teach them how to respect your your elders and how to. I have a lot of friends. There's a girl. Her name is Tia Mora. you do that for your oh, kid? Oh, absolutely. Oh, nice. Oh, my husband is okay. <laughs> I mean, I have to check with my husband. But, yeah, the, the idea is that they're going to know where they're from and they're going to, you know, have a respect for their you know, elders and have but, that. But most kids see it as a bother, right? They like, don't understand it. It's yeah, a problem. You're, you're more mature now. You're 62. So you can say, oh, you know, you can okay, guys, you know the please. importance. Let of, me say this. Okay. okay I am not point. 62. Tongue, hello, Tongwa. I'm making a point here. Oh, Lord. So, um, you, you know the importance of like, you know, keeping in touch with your roots. But if you grew up here, if you were 11, for instance, in the U.S., mm-hmm. and your mom is trying to take you to an African church or take you to an African community meeting or saying you are going to spend the summer and you were born here like i'm sure you understand why kids like rebel oh, and say no i don't want to go there no of course I, you know? I do know i do yeah. know in in the community maybe not my relatives this are, you know i don't have everyday access to these young people mm-hmm. but i don't know young people who were born here and have that experience where they're just like oh this is i don't know why i'm being made to do these things that i don't quite understand but that's the thing though they're young they don't understand it because Mm. when you're born somewhere your natural instinct is to identify yourself with the people of that place and these kids were born here and they don't know any better but when you're in a when you live in my family or in my immediate you know my aunties uncles people who think like my family thinks Mm. oh you will you don't have a choice in the matter Mm. you know because when you grow older and i'm starting to appreciate this more as you know i'm aging um, and I say aging makes me say Guys, sorry, I am not 62, okay? Hey, hey, no, I'm rest. only 26. Yeah, you um, know how all ladies are 18? <laughs> no, no. Cool. Um, but no, I'm starting to understand that a lot more. And which co- if we're ca- going to circle this back to the whole topic of moving out of the country or trying to fall bush and stuff, the whole concept of doing that. Bushfallers. Yeah, the bushfaller phenomenon. Um, the truth of the matter is it's it, it's more out of desperation for at least for in my opinion mm. a majority of the people a desperation as in seeking greener pastures mm. you know trying to make a better life give yourself the best opportunity to succeed that that you possibly can mm. because you you like you rightly said i don't see anybody who will have and you know my father is based in in cameroon as we speak okay right now he comes for holiday to see us every year but he, you know, his businesses are there. He's he has built a life and a career there. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody who has, if especially if you make a good income, is gonna just leave all of that to come start from scratch over here. Except that you really, you know, except that the situation is just, you know, or you're, you know, in an asylum situation where you have to go for fear of your life or things like that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, most, you know, people in their sixties, late fifties, sixties, seventies, maybe. They're like, I'm not going to start, you know, looking for a job in a new place or like trying to learn a new language because I'm trying to fall bush. Like, it's not, mm. it's really not that big well, a deal. They encourage your kids to do so, though. They do, but yeah. that is the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's a, a matter of them encouraging their kids per se. Okay. It might be to a good extent, but I think also part of it is just the peer pressure alone. Like, if yeah. all your friends are falling bush, very soon you start to bug your mom like y'all need to put some money together so I can fall bush too or so what? I can bug your mom to put money together <laughs> no but like no think about it okay. as in like because a lot of times when you have to travel there's a lot of expenses I'm not saying yeah. 
they have to buy yeah. or everything but like yeah. help you tell your family like y'all help me pitch some money together yeah, so the situation where you tell them some countries they sell the family house without the parents exactly <laughs> i know yeah, sometimes and they take the money yeah, and go and go and travel <laughs> do their things with exactly so it's it, there are a lot of fashions to the whole falling bush thing yeah. um now are we saying that it's a good thing it's a bad thing that depends on who you ask yeah because i know a lot of people will be listening to us like a lot of people might be listening to this podcast from Africa right now. I'm like, what? What do these guys talk? These guys are yanning dust from America because <laughs> they have the privilege to, to see exactly to see a recording booth and to see internet access to even publish <laughs> a podcast. Well, no vex, so that's not what we're saying. <laughs> but we're just trying to explore the yeah the the situation and to explore the reasons why people do this. And of course, we'll be biased from uh, our perspective because. Um, because we, of we our know situation bu- yeah we know a bunch of people who have done this uh between the two of us just a handful of people mm-hmm. it doesn't represent the uh, entire everyone's condition but yeah we do understand that people leave because of economic conditions uh we we don't understand that people leave because of security conditions we we, we understand that people just leave because they don't fit in that's another thing i know someone who left because of um um uh, corruption in, in a sense uh, like he was okay uh, everything was good he had a good job mm-hmm. in the government uh, his children were in, his children were in very good schools he had like two houses of his own uh, but he still came why because he said like look I'm in the government I always play by the book and I'm continuing to rise and you know, corruption is so prevalent in this country where I am. And if I continue to be, you know, straightforward and transparent and whatever, they're probably going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So let me try and go to a country that's less corrupt. Not to say that, you know, the West isn't corrupt or U.S. isn't corrupt. But mm-hmm. let's go. Let me go take my family somewhere where at least the risk of being, you know, you, know. you can live, you know, as an upright citizen in a government department mm-hmm. and are not threatened by yeah. you know yeah uh, or are not as threatened as you know you will be so it, it, re- it really depends so different strokes for different folks so i was trying to explore from my own biased opinions why people yeah. do this and personally i'd like to encourage everyone uh, wherever you are uh the way i see it and this is personal this is my opinion there's nothing wrong with know seeking for greener pastures for yourself or your family yeah uh, but i look at emigrating as a backup in my opinion um yes explore other cultures make new friends establish a business uh, build a new way of life but don't forget you know where mm-hmm. you're coming well, from yeah. you know there are a lot of people uh who go to ancestry.com to trace try to trace their roots because their great great grandfather came here mm-hmm. from Russia or from somewhere and or from Haiti or from somewhere and they they, they forgot to instill that culture in their children and, and you know by the fourth or fifth generation yeah. like everything is so watered down that they don't even know where they come from. And mm-hmm. they, they feel the yearning that oh this is not my land. I have to trace back. You know, we see yeah. a lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah. you know doing the whole right of a boat thing, going back to Ghana. Yep. Uh people trying to know go back home to have some connection and and that's why i love um asians so much you know even when they are in the west there's always a chinatown there's always somewhere an ecosystem of culture Mm -hmm. that's available that represents and reflects them 
But you know, like I said, uh, I personally look at it as a backup plan. So you're gonna go back to your stuff? Yeah, eventually, of course, uh, I will go back uh, uh, eventually because um, I feel there is opportunity. A- another case. This is me speaking from the business perspective. A lot of stuff works here, but there is also a lot of opportunities. Uh, there's an African proverb that says it's difficult to pour water into a cup that's already full. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in as much as there are a lot of um, challenges and infrastructural deficits back home that's there's a lot of potential potential to create something raw potential so um yeah so that's just um, me, so but yeah i mean you you make some good points um and i do want to touch on this we don't have a lot of time left but i do want to touch on this is there a um fear uh, for lack of a better word um of a drainage of african potential because think about it the young brightest you know most able young people leave from our continent and make better lives quote unquote for themselves here like i said you know these countries that we're moving to some of them are really smart Mm -hmm. you know they are allowing people to come i mean the u.s has a diversity visa lottery thing yeah uh, Canada has the express entry thing. A lot of countries know that they can't do it on their own. Imagine if Canada didn't have immigrants. It'll be a totally different country. What you talking about? Like, even here. Yeah, like, so they know that, oh, these guys, you know, we want to attract the best of the best to come help build our country. But that doesn't do much for our continent. It doesn't, unfortunately. Which is why but, hey, people like you and me want to go back and, and make supply. that happen. Yeah, it's demand and supply at the end of the day. So, well, it's been real, you guys. Um, Thanks for joining in for class today. I'm Tongwa and... And Nosa... And see you guys next episode. Send us an email, cultureclass at gmail.com. So, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Oh and boy. follow us 